0: Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast hosted by Jeff Seaboss and Phil Sexton. It's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Our podcast offers state-of-the-art internet tactics and lead conversion methods. We teach you how to become a better realtor and a more valued resource that your sphere will want to use.
1: Welcome to The Solution Podcast. It's Tuesday. It's actually The Solution, a real estate podcast. I found that it's sometimes, there's another podcast out there called The Solution Podcast that's a little bit confusing for our guests to find. But But if they found
2: it, they know it's The Real Estate. The
1: Solution Real Estate Podcast. Hmm. And this is where we, we believe that it's time to put consumers first in real estate and then the real estate talks. So... We're here today in a special edition of Episode sixty four. Hashtag special guest. Special guest. Special nice. edition. Yes, we have number the number one real estate agent at Realty One Group for the entire state of Nevada. Ah, Ladies and gentlemen, Jillian ah, Bachelor,
2: welcome to woo, the party. Woo. Hey, I heard you. Hi, in guys. Music. Yes. Thank you for agreeing to You're come. Awesome. On. Thank you for coming on. We're so excited to have you as a guest today.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Of course. So I have a, I have a a couple of bullet points
1: that I get to talk to help explain our listeners why we're excited to have you on board. So let me just get through. I'm going to brag about you for a minute. Just hang tight. You can interrupt if you'd like, but you're the CEO of the bachelor Hannah group, which is, I already said it number one in Nevada at realty one group. And that, um, You've got a lot of volunteer work, which I love. I think that giving back inside of uh, the realtor community, as well as giving back in the actual communities that we live are two very important things. And you've been, you're now on your fourth year as a director for the Greater Las Vegas Association of Realtors, as well as the Nevada Association of Realtors. Correct. Well done. You've got, I mean, you're in the top 1% nationwide. You've already closed this year, 150 transactions for over $53 million. We Stop yeah, right there we and give her a round of applause.
0: Thank you, thank you. Killing it. All with three young kids? Yes, I do have three. Well, they're not so young, I think, anymore, but they're 10, 12, and 15.
1: Okay, oh. good. So now you can put them to work. They can, like, fold mailers yes, and stuff envelopes. Yes, lots and... of folding mailers. But I tell
0: <laughs> yeah. you you watch them more as they get older than when they're younger. When they're younger, it's much easier. When they're older, there's way different threats in the world.
1: <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Yes, I have a four-month yes. old and I can put her down and she's in the same spot all day. Yeah. yeah
0: even, like, it, counter blessings. That's when it's very easy. It's when they're teenagers, it's when it gets scary.
2: Yes, yes. agreed. I yeah, Jeff. Co- has, I have a couple of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scary. <laughs> yes. 17 so, year seventh-year-old now single daughter. Oh, Ooh, yes. she wasn't single on episode 63. <laughs> Hashtag got in the ASU.
1: (laughs) All right. So then, another thing that uh, let's tie it into the the family aspect of it is that you and your family go out, and you and your team go out every Monday night to feed the homeless on the street corner. Is that do I have that accurate?
0: Yeah, I think that that's very important. I've grown up in this city since I was six years old, and I just think that it's really important that we take care of our own, and we take care of those people that are less fortunate than ourselves. And so I've instilled that in my children since they were very, very young, that we're blessed by God to have the gifts that we have. And it's important that we always give back, no matter how much or how little we have. So we do that every month. What do you, what do you feed them? So the Amen. way that this what do you, the way that it's done is actually it's a total volunteer base. So you need to cook and bring your own food. It's like potluck style. You literally bring your own tables, your own camping lights. We set up on a specific street corner in a, in a pretty rough neighborhood. And you go and you feed as much or as little And on any given night, there could be 150 people there and there could be 500 people there. And it doesn't matter if that Monday night falls on Christmas, you are still there. It doesn't matter if it's 30 degrees outside or if it's 125 degrees outside, you are there feeding food to these less fortunate people.
2: So who do you recruit to go with you? Because I don't think it's not just you and a pot of chili out there. Is it every Monday night?
0: No. Actually, lots of people from my neighborhood, lots of people from church, and lots of my clients. My clients have loved this giving back initiative. They have reached out to me. We put it all over social media. Now we can have anywhere from 50 volunteers to 200 volunteers. We do clothes, donations, hygiene items. And my clients love to go and get involved. They love to be, you know, just bootstraps ground up, and getting involved. To be helping
2: Interesting. I mean, my son plays it. club basketball in Vegas pretty regularly as, because now he's uh, in high school. And there seemed to be down by the downtown section around, like it seems like in the Lowell section. Is that is that the area you, you Jeff work? is trying
0: to get free chili on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff is like, where do I show up? And, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah.
2: and do you have <laughs> hot sauce, right? Like,
0: <laughs> well, and so I think what a lot of people forget is that Las Vegas is a unique city. We do have some low-income folks, and we have houses up to $20 million. So a lot of my clients that live in the nicer neighborhoods you may never see a homeless person ever for years because you live in a very affluent, gorgeous, beautiful neighborhood. But then when you yeah, go like down to different areas of like town, yeah, and you go down to different areas of town and there really is a need. So a lot of my neighbors who were used to that because we live in a great neighborhood, decided that they should do more to get involved as well. And so it's all volunteer based. It's all 100% volunteer based. Now I didn't start this, to be honest with you, there was a there's a priest that has been doing this for years and he'll come down and bless the food. And I heard about it through somebody else. And I just expanded on the need that I saw out there.
2: Yeah, more important you're participating, though. I mean, I, I don't think that you have to, you know, create giving back to the homeless people. Like, that's just, if you're talking about putting the consumer first in real estate, I mean, that's just, you're a good woman. That's simple well, as that.
0: And my clients have loved it because I've actually tied it into my real estate transactions. I've said a portion of every real estate transaction that we do is going to go to buy needs that these people need sometimes they need hygiene bags they need clothes they need shoes there are children there that need books that need jackets that need blankets that need whatever so every portion of my real estate transaction every real estate transaction is tied into it and the clients can come and volunteer as well and so they love that they feel the part of it as well
2: Oh yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. I uh, so are we uh, done? That no, was great. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not even
1: close to being done. So I, I do want to get into some of the real line two, <laughs> line two. Yeah, that was line one. Um, you actually are uh, past president of the Women's Council of Realtors in Las Vegas. Is that right? I
0: am. Yes, I was the local president in 2015, and then this year, 2018, I'm so blessed to be the state governor for 2018.
1: Awesome. Well done. Yeah. And so WCR which is I feel is, like I what, want to clap again. I, you can. Oh. oh okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we need the industry always needs people to lead them and help them grow and I, I, agree. I just love I, that she's doing the, the the side work and still right, I, I mean I, like I love when, it when does she I love sell houses? No, wait okay. a minute.
1: I don't want to ask that question yet because right. we're going to get to that question Jillian, but first I want to know because this podcast this This show is about giving back to the consumers. How do you feel through your volunteer efforts in the realtor associations and WCR, in is it ARIA? Help the consumers.
0: So I think what's really important is some of the organizations I'm involved with are all about equality and for everyone. So ARIA is the Asian Association of Real Estate Professionals and that helps those that are considered to be in the other category. And so, it's fair lending practices for for those that are considered Asian. I'm part of NAREB on an advisory um, level. On that, NAREB is the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, which has a large focus on the African American community when it comes to homeownership and equal rights and equal lending for their homeownership. A women's Council of Realtors that was started to have equal pay for women in real estate. So, I think it's really important that just everyone is trying really to. Me. And I think that that's how it helps the consumer. And then in the local real estate board, as well as the state real estate board, we have had amazing initiatives this year when it came and the last couple of years, when it came to fighting foreclosures, the fighting our property taxes that wanted to be raised here. We as the local association and the National Association of Realtors on two different levels fought back property taxes being raised and fought back the, you know, losing the property tax deduction. The National Association of Realtors did that this year. So all yeah. of that that we do with our pack, we do so much for the consumer. They don't even realize we're protecting their personal property rights. We're not just opening the door and showing them a house. We're doing so much more for the community.
2: Wow. I'm just saying she's a a pretty busy woman. I
0: mean, I still
2: am like, where do you,
1: I love that answer. Just for the record, I think that you're the first person that has taken that take of putting the consumer first and I applaud you for it. I think that's
2: congratulations. That's awesome.
1: Yep. And so, I mean, a little bit more about real estate is that, How long have you been in the business?
0: Uh, So I have been in the real estate business eighteen years, mostly in Las Vegas. I've been selling homes about fifteen years, and I spent my first couple of years in in the business in the escrow and title business.
1: Oh wow! Wow. All right. And I know that. I mean, as I was reading your bio, you were a top short sale agent, but that's not i mean like that was that phase right and then you were and you're a top agent now which you're working with luxury clients you're working with first-time home buyers you're working with investors which obviously is different than being a top short sale agent so you've been able to navigate these markets what is it how what do you attribute that to
0: so i think it all comes down to putting the consumer's need first and that really is (laughs) i couldn't (laughs) agree more (laughs) it sounds kind of cliche but if you actually think about it it's like this we're in the business to help people We're not in the business to sell people. There is a big difference when it comes to that. If we look at it like we're helping you and what is your need? So when I first got into this business, we were a very big investor market. And the need at that time was to help people achieve wealth through the home ownership, right? So I helped investors. Then the market changed. And then we really went into a short sale market. And the need was to help people out of their financial struggles, And I became very successful because my goal was not about money. It was about helping people. And I'll give you a perfect example. I believe this actually made national news, but it was years ago. In 2009, I'm sorry, 2008, I was pregnant with my son and I was doing short sales. And a a large, large, large bank that had a bailout, we won't mention them now, but they were going to foreclose on this property. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to be tactful. So they were going to foreclose on a property. And my client had a definite need. This was not a strategic default. They were literally in a financial hardship. And I told this bank that if they were going to foreclose on this property, I was going to handcuff my pregnant body to the door and they would not foreclose on the property. And I did that for nine hours. It made national news. I was eight and a half months pregnant, handcuffed with a chain to a property. And I said, and it was... (laughs)
1: was awesome. <laughs> that's let me, awesome let me try to close our jaws first yeah right this is something it, that jeff hasn't done no it's, it's, no yes, like yeah i'm yes. like mm,
2: uh, uh-uh. uh, good and job
0: I was, I had a publicity stunt but it was the goal got through because you know what happened the president of that bank at that time had his secretary contact me and said we need you to unchain your pregnant body from this property, and we will work out a solution with you. And long story short, they actually did a loan modification for the clients, which was actually even better than the short sale option. And those right. clients yes. became loyal to me for life because the. How bank long did they? In, are they still in the house? They wind up selling it about five years later. So they and move <laughs> we on. So <laughs> did you? It? Did you listen? Well, and the best part of that story was those clients were in such a bad financial hardship that they were actually going to get a divorce. And because when the financial hardship was lifted off of them, they actually stayed together. It saved their marriage. Yeah.
2: Now, it's amazing what financial yeah. strife does to relationships. It's just, it's uh, like a knife through warm butter.
1: I Wait yeah. a minute. I feel like this story was good. Like, there's got to be more to this. And then they bought a lottery ticket because they had a loan modification and they won $18 million. No, 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 no. They the yeah. jackpot yeah. the Venetian. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There, but they've been loyal to me for life. They've come out. They've fed the homeless with me. They have worked through, you know, a lot of the biggest strain on a relationship is always financial, right? So when they were going through a hardship, it really was affecting them. And I knew them for years before they bought that house. And so it was really sad for me to see. And I just was like, you know what? i hell or high water. This bank is not going to take this house for these people who are really, truly struggling. And they didn't care at the time. Yeah.
2: have got a solution. If you're trying to draw us in with your stories, it's working. Okay. Okay, So, all right. So, now, so we've seen a shift in the marketplace from what we saw as brokers dominating the marketplace, you know, maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And now um, teams are taking over. So, when did you transition from being an individual? Tell us a little bit of how the team development started. Now you're the. CEO O'Telian, I mean, obviously there's a lot to chew on there. So give us some love about that.
0: Yes. So definitely I agree with you. There is always gonna shift in the market. And I think that we need to be able to move, we need to be very nimble. Again, putting the consumer first, we need to be nimble and we need to be able to use the consumer's needs. Now more than ever, the consumer wants instant gratification. And we just have to understand that we are here to serve the consumer. So if that's what we want, we have if that's what they want, we have to be able to deliver that. So seeing that shift, I decided that even though I want to be all things to all people at all times, that just unfortunately is not, it's not doable because you have to sleep at some right. point, right? So I realized I'm a team model. And so I connected with another really big player in town. He wanted to join Voices as a team. We did that January 1st of this year. We've been hiring on buyer's agents consistently since then. They do buyers, they do listings. But I realized in order for my clients to be served to the level that I expect, which is this white glove service, of really being available anytime that they need us, we needed to have more bodies. We needed to have more leverage to help those people and their needs. And being that Las Vegas is partially a 24-hour town, there are t- times that people want to talk to us at 11 o'clock at night, and we have to be available if we're really trying to serve the client. And so that's where that morphed into, and now we have a team, and we're hoping to just kick it out of the park next, next year.
2: Well, you're already hitting the park. There's no doubt about that. So, um, but every year is a little bit more, right? Yeah. Every, every year is a little bit more. So, so then mostly over the last two years is what I, I heard, right? Yeah. Over the last
0: year and a half? Yep. Yeah, so about a year and a half. It was in the house for about six months. And we've been official just under a year. Been official just under a year.
2: And that was it. Was he with Realty One or did he come from another brokerage?
0: He was not. He came from another brokerage. So, you know, I always feel like you find the people and then you find the position so he was the right person. It didn't matter where he was. The point was he was the right person for the team. He was a great business partner. He had he was a big thinker. He saw the opportunity that I wanted and the vision that I wanted to see as well. We aligned our interests and came together and it's been amazing since then.
1: Awesome. Did you flip a coin to determine whose name went first?
0: No, no. I think he just thought it would be better to have a woman first. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, good answer.
2: I, I agree. Yes, I, mean, I agree.
0: I yeah, told you are, <laughs> Yes, yes.
1: So I uh, I just want to encourage our viewers who are watching this live to know that this is the this is your chance to ask Jillian any questions that you have about her business because we're going to get into the the questions that we ask every guest about putting the consumer first. But I just want our I just want to remind our audience that if you have any questions and you're in her marketplace and you want to say hi, feel free. We will read all comments that we have to her so that she can see the love as well. So uh, let's get into yeah. Let's all get right, into well, because I'm guys.
2: anxious to hear some more details. So what we say is. Uh, that putting the consumer in first, like we like to put it in more specific detail, meaning when you're representing a seller, we see that sellers want it three ways, right? So they either want, meaning different, everybody has a different need, but there's basically three categories of do you help, how do you help sellers specifically either get more money, um, either to sell their house faster or do it for less hassle, in yeah. particularly, when you're representing sellers, what are some of the aspects that you do in achieving any of those three?
0: So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like we do all three. So again, back to the team, we can do it faster. Because if there's one of you, I only have 24 hours a day. And again, at some point, I have to sleep. When there are 10 of you, now we have 240 hours in a day. and we I don't working- think
2: there's 10 of you, I but... <laughs> So there's, there's you. And then there's nine others.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. But so therefore it's all about leverage. So I have people on my team that their sole job is just to market that home every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, they're touching that home three times a week or the average is your marketing that tells what, what's Oh,
2: Oh, sorry. There's a delay. There's
1: a delay. Hold on.
0: So when they're marketing that home three times a week, Where I feel like the average realtor, when they take a listing, they market it once, they put it on the MLS, they do their marketing, and then a lot of times they just leave it and hope it sells. Maybe they remarket it again every month. We're doing it three times a week. So that's the faster piece. That's the more efficient piece. I also believe that's where you're also going to get more money. Because there's all of us leveraging the property, doing open houses, telling our sphere about it, telling our clients about it, telling our database, pushing the property on our social media pages, advertising it and getting it going... That's where you're gonna get more money. We're getting you more eyeballs, more viewership of your property by doing it through the team. So there's your more efficient, your time, your money. And then on top of that, again, because there are 10 of us to work on your property, anything that needs to be done, we will handle anything. And what I mean, anything.
2: So, what's the craziest thing you did for a seller to help them get more money that they needed to get done?
0: So we had a horse property, and horse properties aren't too common.
2: Oh, I thought you were just going to start with we had a horse. <laughs> I, was, I was ready for that to be the
1: craziest thing. I was okay. like, yes, this has Las Vegas written all over it.
0: <laughs> but we okay, horse, horse
1: property, that's different.
0: Yep, a horse property, which isn't too common in Las Vegas, but essentially we actually held a horse show on the property to get horse horse enthusiasts at the property to see it, to be able to want to buy it. Most realtors wouldn't think outside of the box. I don't own a horse. I don't know much about horses, but you know what I did? I spent three weeks research, researching horses, horse property, and horse shows to figure out who was my audience. Let me attack that audience. We brought people in from out of state for this horse show to sell this million-dollar property, and it sold. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Think it the box. You know, it's it's something totally different other than chaining myself, my pregnant body, to a property. Whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes. I mean, literally whatever we need to do.
2: Okay. So that was a great story about, all right. So do you think then doing the horse show sold it faster in that case? I mean, that's a tough property to sell in my opinion. I mean, I know that, um, I, I, although I have to say I've been to the Wrangler finals in Vegas. So to me, I think that there'd be a lot of horse properties because of the national finals there. Is there, is there not a lot of them?
0: Surprisingly, the average horse property, because it has a lot of land, and land is what is expensive in Las Vegas, the average horse property in Las Vegas is going to be a million dollars plus, right? And so that's sure. that's a lot of money for Las Vegas. And horses aren't as common. And a lot of times when you have a horse buyer, they live in their property for years upon years upon years upon years. It's not as much of a turnover. So the audience is smaller. There's less turnover, and it's expensive, right? So not only did it sell that house faster, It gave us the highest sales price in that community, in that zip code, the entire zip code, in an entire year. We got the highest sales price, price per square foot. And it found a buyer that came from Minnesota that wasn't even looking for a property in Las Vegas. They weren't even in the market to buy. They weren't even interested in buying a home. We created the buyer.
2: Wow. Nice. That's a great story. Yes,
1: I like that. All right. So what is, oh, you want to ask a question? I do. I, I'm actually, I like the wild side, but I also like the mild side. Yes. Right. So like, what is the, what is the, do you have the tactics where you help sellers get more money that are more repeatable for our audience that they hear yeah. it and they're like, gosh, Jillian, that's great. I'm going to go do that too.
2: Right, because so, I don't know that every city has horse property that people are sound like. Agent can or like 95% sell. of their sales, like you said, most of your sales. We want to hear about the bulk of the business versus yeah. the, the great story. Loved it. Love top dollar. That's awesome. Usually we go wild so to wild. Yeah. This time we're going to
1: go wild to mild. Okay.
0: Okay. So I, just basically down to the basics, we love mega open houses.
2: Mega. And
0: a mega open house for us is... Are you at
2: like a Josh Smith mega open house girl?
0: Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know oh, what that. Was.
2: All right, cool. Okay. I just wondered where you get the mega open house from.
0: So I'll give you an example. Like, of sometimes, what like a mega open houses for us, a mega open house for us mm. is all of our open house signs are about four feet tall, so they're not the standard. Uh, what do even are the standard signs? Two feet tall. Ours are four feet tall. Ours are wider, triple the size of a regular open house sign. We will put out about twenty-five of those for every open house. We will advertise the open house. Of course, on all the real estate websites, Zillow, Trulia, Facebook, all that stuff. We will create ads for buyers. We'll, we'll do circle prospecting for all of the, the potential buyers that are within that zip code within a one or two mile radius. We will contact all the people renting in that one or two mile radius. We will oh, advertise wow. to all the neighbors. And then just, you know, go mega open house with balloons, with uh, sign twisters. And so mega open houses for us have been great. It's been able to create a lot of buyers. It's also been able to create a lot of business for our team. So I feel like that's very duplicatable. Anybody can do a mega open house. It's real simple. And we do at least one of those a week. That is our team's minimum. So does that
2: sell the house faster, more money? Have you noticed? Have you any tracking of any statistics on that?
0: I do, actually, So, on the houses that we have done the mega open houses with, generally they are going to sell about 10% faster than, than if we didn't do a mega open house, and usually right. we're getting like percent oh, more on the sales price because we're bringing in a lot of buyers. A mega open house for us should have about 30 buyers through the door that day. Okay.
2: Awesome. awesome. Good one. Yeah, no, nice. well, that's excellent. So one of the things that we started, even though that was mild, I don't think that was mild. No, it wasn't was mild. So no, it was outstanding. Yeah. It was great marketing. But so one of the things that we've been doing in trying to help the homeowner and representing the seller get more money is we've helped them improve what I call it's a, I call it agent making the house sexier. Yes. So, yes. um, so, you know, like property brothers, fixed up houses, like we've helped people, Have you ever done anything like that? Like meaning that because like sometimes at the house, sometimes the house, you know, when it's a three bedroom, two bath on a simple street at two fifty, you know, that hasn't seen any updates. If you throw in some stainless steel appliances or you paint the house, I mean, do you offer any kind of staging? Is there anything in that along that line?
0: Yes. So I have a secret weapon for that. So I don't know if this is going to be very fair, but my husband continue. my husband's a licensed realtor, and he's also my husband, so he wants to keep me happy. And my husband is he has been a general contractor for years and years and he can do anything. You can him some wood, he can build you a house. He can do electrical plumbing, anything. So when I walk through a house and I tell my clients, this needs to be painted, this needs to be done. He does all my labor for me for free. So they just buy the product wow. and he can handle it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well done, yes.
2: So, so like repeatable.
0: What, what of the houses?
2: What percentage of the houses do you think you you apply that theory to?
0: Thirty percent oh, of the time, at least thirty percent minimum, because there's tweet? only septic that needs to be done. And even from I'll give you to the bare days basic, we had a property that had a septic tank, which again isn't very common in Las Vegas, and in order to do a septic tank, you when you sell a house, you need to do a septic inspection, mm-hmm. right? So the, there's one company in town that you inspect the septic tank. There's charge only you, one? They charge, there's only one in Las Vegas. They charge you $500 just to dig up the lid. So you have to have the lid exposed, or they charge you $500 just to dig it up. The lid is usually about four feet down, and it's usually about a four-foot-by-four-foot four radius. And so a lot of times I will send my husband out there, and he hates this, so he's going to see this and hate that I'm telling people. I send him out there. <laughs> Hey, I need you to dig up the septic tank lid. And I just do it just to save my clients 500 bucks. Now, my husband is a big, strong, burly guy. So I he, saw a
2: video. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah.
0: He is. But he does hate, when I send him out in 120-degree weather, to go dig up yep. a four-foot by four-foot by four-foot trench yes. on a property. But he does it because he loves me, and he can't really say no. But it but just saves <laughs> I know, but that's still putting the consumer first. Yes. I love that.
2: Yes. Right? Like, those are the kind
1: of stories that we're looking for. That's leverage. Yes. Well done.
2: Right. And if
0: the put 500 bucks at the end of the day, $500 isn't a huge amount of money, but every dollar counts. I really believe every dollar Million, counts. This
2: is what we're looking for. We're digging for the gold. I think we found a little pipe there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. no, but it's that yeah. kind of stuff that we're trying to, as we see, there's, gonna, there's a shift in the marketplace. And yep. that... When you say, I wouldn't, I don't know if we're going to call that white glove service, but I get the point of it because it would be dirty gloves if he would be yep. digging up and Except You don't want get, dirty gloves. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, but, but this is the kind of stuff that we're looking for. That's great.
0: Well, and here's another example. I mean, I've gone as far as when I have clients that move here and they know nothing about the city. And I've lived here for 30 years. And I have three children in three different school districts that have all grown up here. I've gone as far as having my clients go in interview public schools private schools that they were looking at. I've given my clients gynecologist referrals, mail salon referrals. I mean anything you need, we want to handle your transition, regardless if it's real estate related or not. So if you tell me Jillian, you know, where do I where do you go and get your hair done? I'm gonna I'll take them to the hair salon and say this is where you should go. I mean we want to do everything so we are one stop shop for them.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, we do tend to call that because we're as we're trying to segment this. I think we're we're trying to create a, an actual category because we call that stuff the customer experience, yes. right? And we see that agent. And I, I obviously you're going way above and beyond and creating a great customer experience. But uh, like because I think you were on the a little more on the buy side there, so we can kind of go to it. But it's we're talking about what are we doing to create a I mean, because buyers have needs just like sellers had needs. Like, what are you doing that is helping them in the process is less hassle, helping them find a house that's less time? Because you're talking about the services that you offer after. What about during the process? I mean, like, what are you doing to find the best deal for your – the best house for the best deal for your buyer? Like, what are the – If we're – when we compare it to
1: a baseball game, it's like concessions – uh, but the concession stands are the things like the hair salon but yeah. the baseball players being better baseball players and winning more games
2: she is she's from the Vegas most fun.
1: it's like hockey
2: right when the team oh. scores 5 points Wait, it's what's a the ba- name of the team the Golden Knights, yes, yes, yes it's, it's, I do love Vegas, right? Like, <laughs> like we saw Daniel Negrano coming out of the Golden Knights Stadium walking down. I mean, that was a, like, I gave him a shout. Yeah, 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 hashtag love poker too. But the it, it is Vegas, right? But I mean, it's well, not the
1: concession we, stands at the hockey arena, right? It's it's, actually, it's, the we love that they have better.
2: good hot dogs, but we want them to win either you know, provide great defense or score five goals or six goals or make a good pass or have, you know, two assists on every goal. Meaning how do we create a better buying experience for the public as we're starting to see more and more people shop on their own and realtors are letting people shop on their own. What are they doing to, you know, actually find the houses that instead of, because we're, we're learning that the there's a separation that's happening that the the consumers now not engage in the realtor to the end, they're waiting to the very end to engage a realtor because they just want them the right to contract, and that we think that that's making our job too small. Yeah, that we need yeah. to go I ahead
0: think that one hundred percent. so i I'll tell you, I call it creating inventory. So let's say it's a buyer, right? because that's what you touched on. we my team finds ways all every day to create inventory. So I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Number one, I had a client say, this is the neighborhood I want to buy. There was one home for sale. He said, I don't want that. Home. And I said, Okay. He goes, Well, I want to buy. This is the community I live in. So we literally yep. joined that community for three months, door knocked, sent mailers, did Facebook ads, got phone numbers, sent text messages, so we found people who we were going to sell. And the funny part of that was, the house that they actually bought, the first three times I talked to a lady, she said, I'm never going to sell this house. Go away. And slammed the door in my face one time. And finally, after, so after a couple
1: of- <laughs> I hope your teenagers are in the room.
0: Oh, no. They created a challenge. But after a couple of months, she said, Jillian, you were the most persistent realtor. It's funny that you, that you stayed at it and you were definitely consistent with it. Because my husband just got offered a job transfer, we're ready to sell our home. Yeah. And that's-, that's
1: another round of applause. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So,
0: that's, that's what we're looking for, right? That's- like that's going above and beyond. But I mean, that's real stories that you can tell. The and hashtag- that's crazy, but that's one example. Another example is all the time it's relationships. We have so many relationships with new forms communities. That I will many times I'm the first to know if they have a property fall out of escrow, if they have a standing inventory that's going to come in the market, if they have a model that's going to come in the market. So these are not publicly on the market. The sales agents will call me and say, This property is going to cancel next week. We know it's going to cancel. The lender's having problems getting the loan. The buyer's already built it out, or it's going to be a spec home. Do you have a buyer for it? Before it even hits the market. Sorry, I missed that. For new home? Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. And so we we have so many relationships with the builders across town that we have sold. Got already twenty homes this year that were new homes that never hit the MLS. That were never that were not dirt up. They were either spec homes, model homes, or fallouts. That the builders called us first and said, "We know you have buyers. This is going to come on the market. It's not there yet. Do you have somebody who wants it?" And but, so it's just I, another, another it's best house,
2: deal. Yeah, no, less hassle. <laughs> I love it.
0: Well, and so, what um, on those because we can strike a way better negotiation if it's a fall. Absolutely.
2: Oh, I couldn't agree. No, I love both those answers. So, is there? I get the feeling that you're under low supply up there. How many homes are on the market in in Vegas?
0: So, actually, our supply has risen over the last couple of months, but it's still pretty low. We're about seven thousand, give or take seven thousand homes available right now, which is still fairly low. I mean, we're a community with over two million people. But if you would have asked, how many me houses
2: do you sell a year? Does the community in mean oh. Vegas, you mean? Yeah, how no. many, like you said, there's 7,000 on the market. What? How many houses are you going to sell this year in Vegas? I just don't know much about that marketplace. Yeah,
0: so the entire city will sell about 40,000 homes.
2: Okay.
0: So we're selling- Great, about, so
2: 7,000 a month into 40,000. So you have five and a half months of inventory?
0: No, so 7,000 is total available on the market. And we're selling right now- about any given month about three thousand to four thousand homes a month is what we're given. You know, that's about what we will sell. So
2: two and a half. Okay. So I did bad math. Oh on a yearly basis. Yeah. I'm slow. I'm slow. Yeah,
0: but then if you break it down based on inventory like area of town or price point, you might have a month's worth of inventory. You know, like if you say what's available under three hundred thousand, it's three weeks in inventory. You know, so it just depends on what your price yeah, no, rate. two and a
2: half, three to three months of inventory is pretty low. For us, a uh, normal market, meaning that we're going to get about 5% appreciation is when we're between three and five months inventory. So if yeah. you're telling me two and a half to three months, so what kind of appreciation is the Vegas market going to see this year?
0: Well, this year we saw, 2018, we saw tremendous appreciation, but that's because for the vast majority of the year, we had less than 4,000 homes on the market. We uh, up, wow. until, up until just August was our tipping point where we got more inventory, so we were seeing five percent a month in some communities because literally we had such low inventory. So supply and demand was so was constrained. Now that's loosening up. Ever since August, that has loosened up, and we literally have doubled our inventory since August, which has been tremendous for the buyers because now you have more choice. There's more availability. Still so low,
2: though. I mean, that's. I mean, they must. I mean, that. So I, well, low. we've seen. Um, actually, this is a little different than the the time, but I don't know if you're seeing this. Is we're seeing due to low supply where we have here in Phoenix, less loyalty of buyers
0: yes, to their agents.
2: Do you see that there?
0: Yeah, we definitely saw that because there was a lot of agents out there that were trying to strike deals with buyers or trying to undercut, you know, if you bought this listing for me, maybe I wouldn't charge you a commission if you, you know, cause I'm going to sell the listing. People were doing things that maybe they shouldn't have done. And so we did definitely saw some less loyalty, We saw new home builders not wanting to work with realtors, not wanting to co-op with us, and so it really that really came down to relationships. We saw new home builders not want to give any incentive to buyers, where normally we get quite a big incentive from the new home builders.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Wow.
0: But again, that's starting to change now that the market's leveling. I wouldn't say it's softening, but it's leveling because. yeah, for the first six months of this year, we didn't have one month where we had more than 4,000 homes in the market. We had about 3,500 homes in the market and we were selling 3,500 homes a month. So we had- Yeah, less. that thing's on fire. I mean, yeah. that's
2: like uh, circa 2005. I mean, yes. we, our but, biggest yeah. mon- I mean, I think we're, our marketplaces are similar in the sense that because 50% of the houses that we sell, uh, the CBOC team, are to people moving from out of state, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, uh, but so in the, oddly enough, because as your is. Our best time to sell houses is, is during what I call family season, which is March through August. So we see traditionally every year we peak inventory in November. So that's what you're saying. It was a peak. I was thinking that that would be the same, but you said August. I'm trying yeah, to
0: understand. It, it just to that. that wasn't oh. that's a normal year. What happened this year was not a normal year. That just happened to be when we had a shift this year. But exactly what you're saying, our peak season, meaning the hottest time to sell a house. And the time where we have the most buyers is always March to August, like you said, maybe even March to September. But this year we just happened to shift way earlier than normal. It just was, it was just. a Yeah.
2: Year. Well, I thought that the shift was due to the election. Um, did you guys attribute, what did you guys attribute the shift in the slowdown to?
0: You know what? Our market is, is heavily based and heavily dependent on other markets. Because like you said, we have so many people coming in from other States We had 30% in the beginning of this year, 30% of our buyers were coming from California, 30%. So when their market started to slow down, that slowed us down, right? And so we had this, we called it the mass exodus out of California because of taxes. Yeah, we had the same thing here. Yep. So we had a lot of that happen. We always slow down in the winter because usually November to January, we're always slower, meaning we have less homes closing because people who are selling their house in Chicago or New York have a much harder time selling their property you
2: know, sure. when it's in a colder market, so. Yeah. I mean, the uh, it's funny because you said that our number one state that people move from is California as well. But I know that because one of my good friends years ago wanted to move his tax basis. And does Nevada not
0: have any state tax? We have no state
2: tax, nope. Right. So then more people go to Nevada than Arizona because they want to move their tax bases. Yes. It's a better shelter. It's I mean, a better it's shelter, a, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah yes. Is there anything we missed, is where I'm at? I mean, we got to wrap it. It's uh, in conclusion. And in conclusion, <laughs> yeah an exciting guest oh today. yeah you were i mean you had lots i mean we got a lot well there's like dangling chads everywhere here yeah. but i think we got to wrap it up is there i want to know if there's anything that you wanted us to ask that we didn't ask that or any comments that you want to add in wrapping it up because you've been a. Uh, I i mean do we get any no questions everybody's no, silent no out question. there they're they're i mean listening. they're just they're listening i mean
0: they're eating it up julian give us more give us more so I really, I mean, that's it. I'm just super excited to have been on your show. I mean, our market is great. I would love to help anybody if they have any questions or anything. They just want to know about our market. I will tell you a little bit, our market is booming. We have over 30 billion, with a B, billion dollars in projects that are coming to Vegas right now, including the Raiders Stadium, Resorts World, uh, Paradise Park. We have a baseball stadium coming up. I mean, we have tremendous amount of things happening in Las Vegas. So $30 billion projects coming into Las Vegas in the next two years when they will be completed. So that is just going to bring tremendous growth to our city I, and to our community. I, actually and I just think very that. Interesting.
2: Can we give her a free ticket to our show? I have a very oh, interesting oh, stat oh. about
1: what else is coming to Las Vegas. Oh, and that's the Jeff and Phil show. Right. right? Yeah. The, we actually Did you know up. that?
0: No, I didn't we're know that. Oh, no, yeah.
1: We are coming on Monday. We have a class. We're teaching a class on Monday. And do you have the details you can post in the... In yeah. The, uh, so we're going to teach agent cosmetology. And it's about looking better online so that we can attract more people to us. And we're really excited about this class.
2: What it was is in 2013 when I worked on my uh, online presence. And, and it's learning what how you want to look online. So That's why we call it agent cosmetology. It's like how to... Agents look when their clients are googling them. It uh, doubled my business the next year, and now we've experienced seventeen hundred percent growth since we've changed this. So yep. we, we wanted to share it. To, um, you
1: did it. You did it originally because you wanted to generate new leads. Well,
2: I thought that the I was doing it to I thought because the online because we do a lot. We last year we did about sixty million in internet lead conversions. And I was doing it to make the. I thought I wanted the leads to look better, and my sphere business grew way more because of the because you looked better, right? So we thought if we went on, you know, and if she, we could make. I not, mean, come not, on. Not on, this <laughs> oh, good deal. But anyway, I would love to meet you. I think we could give her a free ticket. I can. I, I think we can if do you'd do like that. to come, and for the Hannah and
0: yes, the
2: Mr. Yes. Mr., Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bachelor, and or yeah, even all right. Well, because you were <laughs> awesome. We you were step awesome step guests. guests. Are we sold out yet? Limited, limited space. space. All we're right, but come. if you'd love to come, we'd love to have you as a guest. Have, so.
0: but I will stand in the back just to be your fan. I will be. <laughs>
1: all right. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jillian, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on and sharing some of your tips and tricks and how you're putting the consumer first. Honestly, unique answers from all the guests that we've had on the show. You yeah, had you're some outstanding answers,
2: stuff. Yes, very impressed. Thank you so much. Thank you were wonderful guest. I
0: appreciate. All right. it. Have a good I day. All right, see Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now more than ever, it is important to put the consumer first. Check us out on all major streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Player FM, Google Play, and Stitcher. Information about one-on-one coaching or solution events, text 480-530-7972.